say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power. Jesus, thank you for being the sacrifice for our lives. I pray that every person who hears this message will take inventory of where they are in their hearts. And most of all, I I pray that the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of every believer will bring a conviction, will bring a compassion, and most of all, Father, bring a, a, a level of of hope and desire for us to draw close to you. And I pray that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word today as we yield ourselves to you. And I thank you for doing what only you can do in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm starting in the month of November with a message that I'm calling Overcoming Double-Mindedness. Everybody say Overcoming Double-Mindedness. And, and I believe this message is going to help you and I see four things, okay? Here's the first thing that I believe it's going to help us see. It's going to help us see what a double mind is. The second thing I believe it's going to do, it's going to help us understand what happens and how we end up with a double mind. Number three, I believe it's going to help us see the outcome of what double-mindedness looks like. Because lots of times we're flowing in a double mind, but we don't understand what the results are from it. And then number four, I'm excited to show you how to get rid of a, a, a double mind so that you can go and grow to new levels. Say amen to that. Because, see, you must think differently to reach new levels or you would already be there. I'm going to say that again. You must think differently to go to new levels or you would have already been there. In other words, you say, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Well, guess what? Right now, you're a thousandaire. And when you learn to think like a millionaire, guess what's going to happen? You own your way. So let's look now at our foundational verse, one of them, because we have several for the message today. And let me warn you in advance, I'm going to use several. Everybody say that's three words. We're going to use several versions of this verse that I'm going to teach because each one of them says something in a way that is very impactful. So. Uh, we're going to start out with James chapter 1, and our media department is going to put it up. And I only have two points this morning. And the first point is double thinking is faith shrinking. Everybody say double thinking is faith shrinking. In James chapter 1 verse 5, he says, If any of you lack what, church? 
Wisdom. How many would like to have some wisdom from God? Amen. Sometimes you're in situations where you need wisdom. Well, he says to us, if you lack wisdom, watch what he says. Let him ask of who? God. I like that because he didn't say, ask your mama. He said, you talking about my mama early in the message? Yes, I am. It didn't say, ask your sister. It didn't say, ask your friend. And it definitely didn't say, ask social media. Because watch this, church. Our first choice of who we ask reveals our dependency. So he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. Watch verse 6. But let that person who needs wisdom, let him ask how, church? In faith, which tells me that you can ask God out of faith. He says, well, when you ask for wisdom, you need to ask in faith. And this is what asking in faith looks like. He says, not wavering. For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. He says, let not that man, what man, that wavering man, think that he's going to receive anything from the Lord. Have anybody ever been drunk in here before? Let me see your hand. Been drunk? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Oh, come on now. No, put your hand down. There are more people who have been drunk in here. I didn't ask you, did you get drunk last night? So let me rewind. How many in here? I don't care if it was 25 years ago. If you've ever been drunk before, raise your hand. There we go. When you are real drunk, you can't even walk straight. That's why the police ask you to walk the line. Why? Because they know that if you are inebriated, did I say that right? Yes. If you are that, you can't walk straight. Well, that's what a person who asks in a wavering way looks like spiritually. Everybody say double thinking is faith shrinking. Here's a take-home statement, and if you uh, didn't get the notes for today's message, just raise your hand and our ushers will give them to you. Here's a take-home statement. A wavering man is a faithless man. Listen, let me tell you something. God's biggest competition when it comes to you and I, it's not the devil. You know what God's biggest competition is? Our carnality. You say, Pastor, what's carnality? It's the way that we think. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. They're going to put it on there. See, the devil has been defeated. The Bible says Jesus spoiled principalities and he made a show of the devil openly. The devil has been defeated. The problem that we have, or God has with us, is that he's competing, watch this church, with our old way of thinking. Because when you got born again, your spirit got new, but your soul, your mind, your psyche stayed the same. And that's why you still remember stuff you used to do. Romans 8, he says, for they that are after the flesh or thinks along the flesh do mind or think about the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Watch verse 6. Here we go. For to be carnally minded or flesh minded is what? death but to be spiritually minded watch this is what 
light and peace. And so if your thinking causes you to be depressed and causes you to feel bad and causes you to feel down, it's because your thinking is flesh driven. He says, but if you, your mind is spiritual, he says, you're going to experience life and peace. Watch verse seven, because the carnal mind, what kind of mind church? The carnal mind is an enemy against who? God. For it, the carnal mind, is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. Verse 8, watch this. So then that they that are after the flesh cannot what? Please God. So as long as you and I stay carnal, we can't please God. Now notice I didn't say you won't love God or you can't or you don't love God. See, you can have a carnal mind and still love God. But it doesn't mean that I'm pleasing God. And here's the thing. The only way you and I can please God is by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we operate in a carnal mind, then our pleasing God goes down. And if I'm not pleasing God, watch this now, I must be pleasing me. So watch this now. Your faith will never work effectively when a double mind is present. So watch verse 8 in James. He says, a double-minded man is, what's the next word? Unstable in all of his ways. Now the word double-minded in the Greek is actually one word. And that word double-minded means two-minded. It means undecided. It means divided. It means wavering, it means uncertain, and it means doubting. So verse 8 is telling us a double-minded, two-minded, undecided, divided interest, wavering, uncertain, and doubting person is unstable or restless in all of his ways. That's what makes being double-minded dangerous. Because you're not just unstable in one way, you're unstable in All of your ways. Now listen to the New Living Translation of James chapter 1. I told you we would read multiple versions. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. What kind of God is he? Generous. And it says that he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Well, thank God for that. But when you ask him, touch your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now. But when you ask him. Watch this church. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. He says, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. Do you know that he, he's describing double mindedness. He said, that's a person with divided loyalty. They listen, they're unsettled as the wave of the sea and blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, watch this, what kind of people? These unwavering or these wavering, unsettled, divided loyalty people. He says, watch what happens. Let them not expect to receive anything from God. Verse 8, their loyalty is divided between God and who else? And the world and they are unstable in what? Everything that they do. So listen, church, the major issue with being double-minded, watch this, is, is trying to embrace a double standard. See, we have to remember, Scripture is not going to spell out every single thing you should do. But that's why the Holy Spirit has been put on the inside of us. Why? So that conviction can take place where he needs us to be convicted. 
Just because you used to drink, touch your neighbor and say, he about to talk to you right now. <laughs> Just because the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to drink, doesn't mean you should still be drinking. What, what, what are the signs that you're growing? Well, Pastor, I used to drink a whole quart. Now I only drink a pint. Well, good for you. Glory to God. Growth has taken place. The major issue with being double-minded is trying to embrace a double standard. But, but listen, but you can't serve two masters. Listen to the amplified version of James 1, and then we're going to get into this. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given to him. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting for the one who wavers and the person who hesitates and the person who doubts is like the billowing surge out of a sea that is blown hither and there and tossed by the wind. And verse 7 says, but truly let not such a person imagine that he or she will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. So listen, so a double-minded man, a, a double-minded person affects your prayer life. Because he says, if you're double-minded, don't expect to get nothing from God because you're not stable enough for him to answer your prayer. Verse 8, for being as he is, a man of two minds, there we go right there. A man of what? Two minds is what, church? Unstable, or he says, hesitating, dubious, Irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain. Watch this about everything, everything that he thinks, feels, and decides. In other words, the instability from a double mind causes how we think, how we feel, and how we are to be unstable. So here's a take-home thought. A double mind is dangerous. You know why? Because it is not steady enough for your faith to work. Some people wonder why their faith is not working. It's because you're flowing in a double mind and your faith doesn't have, listen, it doesn't have the foundation to work because you're drunk. Your faith, listen, you, you, you're drunk. You say, I'm, I'm not drunk. Spiritually, that's what I'm worried you, you Try to dance and you be lit. So watch verse 6 in the King James Version. I'm, I'm still in James, but I'm flipping back over to the King James Version in verse 6 because I want to show you something. He says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So here's the question that I have. What does asking in faith look like or sound like? Because if I don't give you a picture of what being double-minded is, you won't, un you won't know when you're doing it. So the question is, what does asking in faith look like or sound like? If wavering means I'm not in faith, then asking in faith must mean not to waver. Do y'all agree on that? So here's the question. How do you not waver? Well, when you know the answer to something, before the question is asked, you can give the answer quickly and without wavering or hesitating. That's what it means to not waver. In other words, here's an example. You come up to me and you say, what's your name? 
I'm in trouble if I waver. Because I should know my name. You're not going to waver. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to be like, oh, hold on. Let me check my birth certificate. No, you know why? I know the answer to the question. And because I know the answer to the question, there's no wavering on my part to answer it. And when he says, uh, when we ask in faith, nothing wavering, he says, listen, you ought to know. In other words, let me say it like this. If you had to take a test, how many have had to take tests growing up in school? Yeah. If you had to take a test and you studied all the material the teacher gave you, and then, watch this now, you remembered all the, the, the answers to the test because the teacher gave you the answer too. They didn't just give you the content to study. They said, here are all the answers to the questions on the test. You should, with confidence, be steady and be quickly about the answer. Can you agree with that? So asking in faith, listen to what that means, is knowing the answer and sticking to it regardless of of the contrary facts, acts, or feelings. In other words, if you know the answer, I won't waver because I got it. Amen. Romans chapter 4 verse 19 It gives us a picture of what not wavering looks like from Abraham. It says, and he being not weak in faith, which says you can have weak faith. Look at your name and say, do you have weak faith? He says, and not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. And when he was about how old? A hundred years old. He didn't even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. But watch what he did. He, Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in what, church? He was strong in faith. And this is what being strong in faith looks like. Number one, you won't stagger at the promise. But listen, you, you it's an open book test. You know the answer before it's over. And guess what? You can give glory to God, verse 21. And being fully persuaded. I like that because, see, if you're going to be in faith, you can't be half persuaded. He said, being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was able to perform it. Abraham was fully persuaded of the promise. Here's the last version. And then I'm going to get into what double-mindedness uh, looks like. He says, do any of you need wisdom? Ask God for it. He is generous and enjoys everyone or giving it to everyone. So he will give you wisdom. Verse 6. But when you ask God, you must do what, church? believe don't doubt him whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is blown up and down by the wind watch verse seven and eight people like that are thinking two different things at the same time everybody say double thinking it's faith shrinking listen the double-minded people they can never decide on what to do and this is why faith is a decision because As long as you stay in indecision, faith can't make a decision. So they should not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. So let me summarize what we just learned. A double mind is the inability to make a a decision and stick with it. Now, uh, I'm not necessarily talking about temporary double mindedness. Like you're in the car with your spouse and you ask the question, What would you like to go and eat? Oh, my God. Well, what would you like? Well, I just asked you. You going to ask a question, answer a question with a question? 
Well, whatever you would like. Well, uh, 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 let, let's go Chinese. I don't feel like Chinese food. Well, wait, 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 wait. See, that's temporary double-mindedness. Unless you do it all the time. A double mind, it's vacillating between two things because you can't make up your mind on what to choose. And here is the major problem with having a double mind. It is, listen, it is the inability to choose that keeps a person in the double mind state. In other words, the only reason people flow and function in a double mind is because they have somehow not chosen or made a choice because the inability to choose is what keeps you in double-mindedness. In other words, we stay in a double-mind state when we stay in a mode of indecision. So let me give you the context of a verse I'm about to read. The context was when this famous showdown of the prophets of Baal and Elijah, the prophet of God, is taking place. And what had happened is Israel's, their loyalty was divided. And so what happened is, you know, they had gone through. You remember now, the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. And uh, you have to remember, when, when you come out of an environment like that, you may not realize you're contaminated with their ways. And so this is why when the children of Israel was waiting on Moses to come down from the mountain with the, with the Ten Commandments, you, know, you remember what they was doing while he was up there? Oh, they, they collected all this gold, which by the way, they got from Egypt and they decided to melt down the gold and make a golden calf. Watch this church and worship the calf. You say, well, why would they do that? Because that's what they learned and saw over in Egypt. And so sometimes when, when we come out of something, we may bring the residue with us. And so the residue of, watch this, pagan worship followed the children of Israel to the point where they started worshiping this God, little G, named Baal. So Elijah says, okay, wait a minute, we got to have a showdown. So now, verse, uh, first Kings chapter 18, Elijah shows up because now, uh, Jezebel had killed a whole lot of God's prophets. But see, there was a guy who took some prophets, about a hundred of them, and hid them in the cave. Okay. So now Elijah showed up and he says, Elijah came to all the people and he says, watch this church. Here's a double mind. How long will you halt between two opinions? He said, how long are you going to stay in that double mind? How long are you going to stay in this state where you can't make a decision? How long are you going to stay in a place where you don't trust God, but you still want to be over here? You want to be in the world and you want to be in the church. Can I tell you something? Church revival can't come until you want to make some changes in your life. He says, how long will you halt between two opinions? He says, if the Lord be God, then you need to follow him. But if you want to be with Baal, follow him. But you can't do both. Watch what happens. Here's where the indecision in that whole double-mindedness sticks. And the people answered him, not a word. Wow. The people stayed in indecision. Watch this. Because they wouldn't make a decision. I got a question. 
Everybody say, what's the question, pastor? How do you know that you have a double mind? How? What, what are the signs of a double mind? So we're going to talk about that real quick. What are the signs of a double mind? Here's number one. There's five of them. Could be more. These are the five I came up with. The first sign that you have a double mind is you're unstable. Your money's unstable. Your relationship's unstable. Your career's unstable. Your kid's unstable. Your mind is unstable. Your body's unstable. You are unstable. Sign number one. Here's sign number two. When you are consistently wavering between right and wrong. When you're consistently wavering between God or self. When you're consistently wavering between flesh and faith. God's way versus the world's way. Here's number three. Here's a third sign. Indecisiveness. And that is the constant inability to decide something. Here's number four. When our words don't match our actions. When what we say doesn't match what we do. Oh, I believe in going to church. Hi, online. I love you. Now, if you're online and you don't live in the Metroplex, then hey, I, we welcome that because there are some people who would have never connected to God without seeing us on the Internet. Give the Lord a, a hand clap for the Internet. But see, some of y'all don't need to be on the Internet. You need to be in the room. Amen. Here's number five. When the fruit of our lives does not match what we say we believe. So here's a question. Everybody say, Pastor, what's the question? So what's the root cause? This is so good right here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What is the root cause of having a double mind? Because, see, until you get to the root cause of something, you're really only dealing with the symptoms. So, like, for instance, you could be a person who goes to the drugstore on a regular basis and you're purchasing Tylenol and Advil because you have a consistent migraine. But the problem is the migraine that you're experiencing, listen, the root cause of that might be a tumor. But you're dealing with the symptoms instead of the problem. So here's the question again. What is the root cause of a double mind, which is point number two? Here we go. Your heart condition determines your consistent position. I'm going to say that again. Your heart condition determines your consistent position. Because remember, when you don't have a double mind, you're not consistent in nothing. You're unstable. So here's a random question that I want to ask. What is so important to you that you would rather choose it over God? Okay, let me ask you again. What do you trust so bad in that you consistently and willingly choose it over God. James chapter 4 verse 5. Here's the answer to why or what the source of a double mind comes from. He says, draw nigh or close to God and he will draw close to you. Watch what he says. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Read this with me, church. And purify your hearts, you Wow. So a double mind comes from having an unpure heart. Let's read this in the New Living Translation because it's going to get better. Come to close to God and God will come close to you. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Watch this. Purify your hearts. 
For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So it's an unpure heart that causes me to have a double mind. So what is what is unpure that you are participating in or practicing? What is it? What, what's unpure uh, that has been so woven in your life that it seems okay? See, because if we don't watch as, a, as Christians, we we settle in a double mind so that our conviction levels can go down. See, I don't care what preacher you see on the internet. I don't care what preacher you see on TV. If they tell you cussing ain't wrong, don't listen to them. No, no. The Bible says, in fact, I'm going to read the verse to you because some of y'all still cussing and you need to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. But past ain't nobody perfect. Double bird. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. We discovered it right there. Ain't nobody perfect. Well, see, that's where your mind just got split. What you just said is, it's okay for me to cuss. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mind. Question, is cussing corrupting? Absolutely. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, so it may minister grace to the hearers. And this is what happens when we use corrupt communication. Verse 30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Listen to the New Living Translation. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. I don't think God's, I think God's okay with cussing. Do you cuss when you pray? God, I need some blankety blank, blank, blank. Get your and this. <laughs> you don't pray like that. You a lie. But your double mind. Watch this, because you have a double standard. See, here's the problem. We don't want to pick the right standard because now we're held accountable to it so it's better to just say it's okay I God ain't nobody perfect no it's not but God is still looking for progress you will not have a stable marriage until you decide you're going to stay married and do it God's way you know why you slipping and slide? Y'all remember the slip and slide growing up? How many remember the slip and slide? Yeah. Yeah, you know why you remember that, don't you? <laughs> slipping and sliding. You cannot stay married until you decide you're going to stay married. And not only stay married, do it God's way. Because here's what I discover. When couples are going through difficulty, what I find is one or both, decide, oh, they're not going to do it God's way. Uh, Pastor, I, I just think I married the wrong person. Well, you weren't saying that before you met your trainer. Don't look at me. I ain't looking at nobody. I ain't looking at nobody. Let me finish looking like this here. 
you will not have stable emotions until you decide to think God's way and live his way. You will not have consistent faith until you decide you're going to consistently obey God. Can I tell you something? You you don't have to know. Because see, some people, they default from obeying because they say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, you don't have to know what God wants you to do. All you have to do is decide that you're going to do it when you find out. Did you, did you get that? So once we decide to be loyal to the things of God and the ways of God, listen church, our mind becomes single because we've made a choice. This now allows our faith to work and God's promises to be manifested. And peace, everybody say peace. Peace will never settle in until you make a decision. Here's the bad part. If you make a wrong decision, let me say that, not wrong. If you make a bad decision and you know you're making the wrong decision, even though now you've taken a side, you still won't have the peace of God because you didn't, you didn't choose his way. You say, well, Pastor, what, what's the, what's the message on today? See, I'm trying to get you to pick a side. We're not going to go into 2024. With people trying to figure out if you're a Christian or not. We supposed to be a light. We supposed to be salt. They don't know what you are. Come on somebody. That you cuss like them. You talk like them. You look like them. You act like them. You live like them. What makes you different? Jesus. Well, that's good. The question is, are you ready to get on the side and stay there? See, because once you make a decision, now my values are filtered through those. See, now I don't entertain dating an unsaved person. Because I've already decided I'm going to go God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. And listen, the devil's way don't even tempt me. I don't care how fine you are, how good you look, how many muscles you got or don't got. It don't matter. I'm choosing God. You can take, oh, it's happy hour and all the office is going. My boss asked me to go. Well, we can have happy hour and I'm going to be happy, but I don't need Jack Daniels to make me happy. Well, if I don't drink something, I'm talking to somebody right now. If I don't drink something, they're going to think I'm better than them. It ain't about you being better than them. It's about you letting your light shine before men so they can see your good works in your life and glorify God. You know how much self-confidence it takes to sit there and drink water? Why everybody else drinking like a fish? So how do we apply the message today? Here's number one. Identify the areas where you have been double thinking or you have double thinking and you have double standards and you have double ways. Think about it. Hopefully the Holy Spirit has been kind of like Rolodex in your thinking going, "Mm mm-hmm, that's it. That's it. That's it. Because see, some of y'all are friends with people 
that only influence you to be carnal. Girl, did you get your child support this, this week? No. See, I told you that ain't no good. You don't need people like that in your life. Because number one, whether he pays child support or not, my God said he will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, not according to some check. Number two, after you identify the areas, because see, some of y'all, I'm, I'm trying, I'm challenging you. You need to stop cussing. Well, I can't. Well, get some deliverance then. I stopped and I was the cusser. No, no, no. You don't understand. I cuss more than everybody in this room. I don't care how much you think you cuss. I outcussed you any day. I remember one time I'm sitting at the dinner table. You know, we was like kind of leave it to beaver type family growing up. And, you know, we would all eat dinner at the same time. Rare these days, ain't it? And we were sitting at the table and stuff. And so, you know, it depends on whose time it was to say the grace. And so, you know, everything's your time to say the grace. And so we say the grace. And then we'd just go around the table and say how your day went. And I don't know what happened to me that day. But I cussed so much. I didn't remember to turn the filter on. It was part of my speech. And and listen, when I gave my explanation, it had cussing in it. And it was so smooth, my parents didn't even catch it. My sister kicked me under the table. You need to stop cussing. I don't cuss. I can stomp my toe. I'm not going to cuss. You can call me out of my name. I ain't going to cuss. I might hit you, but I ain't going to cuss. <laughs> you can stop when you're going to decide you want to stop. God is not going to override your will until he sees you wanting to do it when you're going to stop sleeping around. It's impossible to be celibate. The Lord, you know, one of the questions from the single people is, how do you know if you are sexually compatible if you don't sleep with them before you marry them? Well, how do you know you're not related to a monkey unless you sleep with them, huh? I mean, I mean. That also goes for dogs and for all these other animals that we call each other. But anyway, when you going to pick God's way? Here's number two. Repent for allowing two ways of thinking to exist. Repent. Number three, commit today. Everybody say today. Commit today to being loyal to God and his ways. And then, watch this, because he's not looking for perfection, but he is looking or expecting progress and growth. So with every head bow, now every eye, did y'all learn something today? With every head bow and every eye closed. One of the signs of revival is repentance. And sometimes the repentance is not just coming from 
those who are not saved because they must repent of their sin. But sometimes the repentance, it's coming from the saints so that God can do next level things in their life. And I see God wanting to do some next level things in your life. And he's waiting for you to make a decision. Okay, this is how it's going to be. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what if I mess up and cuss? Guess it. When you fess up, when you mess up, you fess up. But, 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 but it's different now because I'm now restraining my flesh from doing what it wants to do. No, 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 no. I've made a decision. And there are some of you in the room today and some that are watching me that need to make some decisions to get off of the fence. Get off the fence. Get off the fence in your marriage. Get off the fence in your relationship with others. Get off the fence with your church. Get off the fence with your spouse. Get off the fence with your church. Get off the fence. That's the message today. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your conviction. But I also thank you because your word says when we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us and then cleanse us from unrighteousness. Thank you for your cleansing power in the name of Jesus. If you're here watching me.